0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Digital by Daniel podcast. It's already 2023, and uh, I think January has been going really, really fast. January is a long month, traditionally, and even in 2023, it was quite long, I think, but got a lot of things done. In this episode, we will talk about some things that have been going on during January in the online marketing, e-commerce and digital community. And then we will round off with a few tips on marketing in a recession. So if we start with the recession piece... I mean, we all see now that 2022 was kind of a rough year, you could say, at least financially, but also for a lot of people's lives, I would say. Um, And most economists and experts think that we are going into tougher times at the moment. And it's good then to think a little bit about how you actually market in a down market, in a recession where money is not abound and uh, you have to have limitations. So I think, first of all, I read a pretty interesting article in The Atlantic. It was some time ago but it's important to keep in mind that negativity is really rising Um, so even even when you are in a down market and you're hitting in a recession and it's affecting people's lives you can also see that there is a lot of negativity online in social media on news sites and so on and this article basically meant that um, the negativity itself sells a lot of clicks sells a lot of articles so just keep that in mind that not everything is doom and gloom and not everything is World War Three. There are actually glimpses of a lot of hope, I think, around in the world, and you have to keep that in mind in order to keep going. So let's have a look at a little bit of the things that have been happening lately. I think the the thing that has really been becoming a little bit more mainstream, and people have started to understand. I honestly didn't really understand it either before. I mean, I understand the concept of AI, but I couldn't really. I mean, I read the book. Uh, what was it called now? Ah, it was called something. The AI book a few years ago, and. Um, Either way, now we are starting to see consumer applications of AI, especially in what we call synthetic or generative AI. This means that it's AI creating content or amending content. This was not really something that we did before. I think maybe the biggest example of this is ChatGPT, uh, released by OpenAI a few months ago, I think. Either way, it's not something that I'm going to discuss too much here. You have probably already tried ChatGPT if you are listening to this podcast. If not, I encourage you to go in and create an account. Basically, ChatGPT can answer any questions and also create a lot of content when you ask it. I would say that it's pretty interesting that Microsoft took took a stake in in OpenAI and the ChatGPT, which is something that I think Google is pretty... Is pretty nervous about because Google has been having all these kind of AI dreams and have a lot of AI development teams but we haven't really seen a lot of consumer products from Google when it comes to AI. At least not this strong as you would see with ChatGPT but there's a lot of content out there about ChatGPT and so on so I will not really discuss it anymore. The only thing that I would like to say is that there are other apps that are popping up within this kind of generative and synthetic AI niche uh, there is the Luma AI iPhone app that I tried a few weeks ago. It's pretty interesting. You can you can basically let your iPhone uh, take photographs of an object for, and you walk around the object in a steady pace from various angles. And then it stitches together the object and creates a 3D model of it that you can use in places like Unity or Epic and so on. For those of you who don't know what Unity is, it's a it's a game engine or an engine that used a lot of um, metaverse uh, kind of applications as well. Um, and this 3D model can then be be used. So, what's, what the phone does is that it basically creates a 3D model, and instead then of having someone creating this for you from scratch, it is instead a camera and a, an iPhone that creates it. Uh, the Luma AI is, is founded by a few people apparently that left Apple and created this startup. I think the app is still, it's still not really there. And, Probably for a number of years, you will probably need people that can create them, 3D model using the phone, but you still need people to have a look at it and um, change it in a 3D in the 3D um, modeling software. But still, pretty interesting. Another tool that I actually have been trying, and I will actually try this tool to write the, the pod- podcast description for this episode as well. It's called Writer, so I R I T R. There is another tool called Sassbook, which is similar. Um, these kind of tools, they are writing AI tools. So you basically can give them different types of input that you want them to create. You give them keywords, they will create the text, and you can then also, in writer at least, select the tonality, the purpose of the text, if it's a YouTube description, if it's a podcast description, if it's a Facebook post, if it's a long blog post, an article, fiction, and so on. And then it outcomes the text, and this text you can use to, yeah, you can use on your Websites or in your social media flows and so on, but most people use them as a starting point. So, if you already are a content creator, put in some keywords here, and then you can uh, you can uh, get a yeah you get some results, and then you can start from that text and just edit it. Basically, I think this type of software is probably something that's going to be a commodity in a couple of years, but it's still pretty interesting to try. I'm a little bit. I think it's both good and bad. I think the bad part is really that there will be text and content that will be AI generated. It poses a lot of questions on creativity. It's also a question of uh, do you actually create sites, content sites that are AI created content? Are people really prepared to read that and pay for that? I think if you look at the results on Writer, The results are actually quite good, actually really, really good, which is also both alarming and interesting, I'll say. I think the difference as well, I mean, I don't think the difference is that big from AI-generated content and, you know, all these content farms where you could buy an article for five euros or five dollars. And then they just write them a mass. There are many blogs out there that are using this kind of content creation practices. And I think those type of those type of models have to be a little bit afraid right now. I mean if you're running a content farm or if you're running a whole blog that is just made up of articles that are shallow, with no real depth, that you're paid five dollars a piece for, then I think you should be a little bit afraid because I think that's something that AI could do a lot easier in the future. So it's something to yeah, think about for some people, I suppose. All right, so we talked a little bit about the recession when I started. That's a it's a great topic to just start a year off with a <laughs> great recession. Great. So I think we've seen some downsizing also in e-commerce and, and in retail um, and in digital in general. I mean, look at all the companies that have been laying off employees like Google, Amazon, Salesforce, and so on really feel for those people. I'm very sorry for them in a way, but also I think layoffs and losing your job is also the start of something, could be the start of something new, something different. And it might be that you create the next great business or the next great venture in, in any way. So good luck. I think if you look at the different layoffs, Most of the layoffs occurred because most of the technology companies projected a lot more growth in digital uh, than was actually has actually been the case. Um, But it still doesn't mean that digital is not growing, it's just that it's not growing as fast as they thought. So we will see a little bit what happens moving forward with all these big tech companies. In e-commerce, you can see that, I mean, Amazon laid off a few people, Salesforce as well. Um, You can also see that, there are some partnerships going on. I read an article in CNBC about Walmart that teams up with Salesforce to sell technology to retailers. So basically Walmart have, have developed a number of proprietary technology that they will include with Salesforce. So it's, it's I guess it's good for Walmart. They find some, some extra revenue streams for the tech and also good for Salesforce because I think the technology itself is not something that Salesforce could develop. And by the way, Walmart is actually quite a Interesting e-commerce player at the moment. I think at least when it comes to drone delivery They have a really cool drone initiative in Arkansas in the US and I think a few other US states as well Where they are using airborne drones to deliver to really rural areas and as I understand it This is still it's working and people are using it. It's not something that you know It's not a PR stunt. You can actually order this stuff online Get it home delivered with a drone if you live in these areas, so pretty cool. And if you live in these areas, I would definitely try it out. Another article that I thought was pretty interesting this week was an article in Bloomberg about Apple and that they are postponing their augmented reality glasses, uh, basically. I'm not really sure it's rumors. And when Bloomberg says augmented reality, they really mean the glasses where you can both work in the reality with like an augmented reality and virtual reality so you can enter different virtual worlds. They were supposed to be released this year 2023 but they postponed it to 2024-25. According to this article which I think is like you don't know if it's true or not it's like rumors. Um Apple is working on mixed reality glasses so this is basically similar to augmented that you have a A layer that is uh, laid onto your real-world site with different types of information. I think it can be pretty cool Especially if Apple does it because they I mean they have a thing for creating good hardware that actually works I mean compared to to Meta and other other players that are also in this field The cost of these mixed reality glasses will be like three thousand dollars So it's not really something that everyone can buy But on the other hand a lot of people have Apple products that are worth a lot more than three thousand dollars so it's not really something that we stop it, I think. Okay, so let's move into, I guess, the core topic of this um, of this uh, episode of the Digital banana podcast. And that is basically marketing in the recession. And I would say maybe highlight that a little bit and clarify it and say that it's a digital marketing in a recession. So I think some people have actually asked me a little bit how you're supposed to think about this when you're starting to yeah there are cuts in organizations there's less budgets there is more uh, there's people being laid off there's maybe startups that have a hard time getting financing I know a couple of those for example Um, so I think here just to say that it's really difficult times but I think we already covered that so The first thing that I would think about or actually something that I would just to kind of emphasize is there was an analyst call with the Airbnb CEO and CFO. I think it was a few months back and I think it was a pretty interesting analyst call because what they said in that call was something like very basic in marketing, but still something that we often forget about. So if you just take a step back then... um, Airbnb's traffic that is basically the traffic that they had in Q3 2022 or the whole of 2022 I would say 90% of the traffic that they get to their web page is direct or unpaid so unpaid organic basically that's a pretty interesting um, that's a pretty interesting stat given how successful Airbnb is they are basically paying for only 10% of their traffic and the traffic that they are paying for they mentioned it as a way of balancing supply and demand. So say that you would use performance marketing when you don't really, you have a lot of supply or you have a lot of demand. Uh, but for the rest of the 90%, you would stick to direct or unpaid organic traffic. So what does that mean then? Well, it seems to mean that, or it's actually, I mean, it's like the second day of marketing and still a lot of companies are not doing it. Uh, and that is that they view marketing as a way of as a funnel as a marketing funnel yeah that's pretty basic but we still forget it and the top of the funnel for them is public relations corporate communications brand all those kind of things that i think a lot of companies are kind of forgetting about sometimes Uh, instead we are often focused on seo we are focused on ppc we are focused on platforms creating content and so on but we forget the top of the funnel they even They even said that uh, in the analyst call that the reason that they've had so strong, strong development in Airbnb is basically because of their marketing uh, and also the marketing approach that they had for some time. they had it pre-COVID, for example. And if you look at other companies that are really, really successful, I would say you can look into Tesla or Apple. They don't run a lot of paid advertising either. They have most of it is PR. Most of it is communications, brand and so on. And what does that mean then? Well, it means that I think in a recession now, I think it's a great opportunity to start building brands and also then thinking about a little bit about the marketing basics. I don't think a lot of companies even understand what public relations can do or corporate communications or brand. But I think a lot of of companies understand performance marketing. They understand uh, platforms and so on because these things you can... you can measure them right it's easy to measure i think corporate communications and pr is a little bit harder to measure and brand also but it doesn't mean that you should not invest in it especially if you're thinking about building long term value if you start then thinking about the marketing funnel the top of the funnel is done and also according to airbnb but also to general marketing basics is then brand corporate communications pr and so on but how do you leverage these type of platforms in a digital setting well First of all, I think one of the key areas is probably social. Here, there, I think uh, in most social media today, there's there is a lot of brands that are being built. Uh, You can also, I mean, the traditional ones, Metas platforms like Facebook and Instagram, but also looking into TikTok and and so on. The other one is to create content that features more than just product information. It also needs to feature brand value, brand intristics, and so on, I think it's called. What the brand is doing within... uh, sustainability what what they are doing within how they treat their workers how they how they help people how they support things all those kind of things that are more about the, the brand i would say that is important content now and maybe even more than before and also in consumer consumer areas of course not only business to business the other thing is to get bloggers and journalists to, to write about your brand. And in order to have that, you need to have content that they can base their articles and their um, their uh, uh, content on, basically. So that's also why it's important to still think about that type of content. So I think that's some of the the ways. Then there are, of course, the traditional way of... Working with public relations more in in general, contacting bloggers, contacting journalists, contacting influencers and so on. Having kits ready-made for them that they can use, making it easy for them to consume your content and write about your your brand. And then also it's about protecting the brand from from different types of criticism, from different types of um, things that can happen to a brand. Then you can also think about communications a little bit wider, you can talk about employee communications and that is also really important and that is internal communications, having employees that actually speak your brand to others, that's really powerful and then I'm not talking about HR communications like recruitment and stuff i'm talking about real real employers employees actually talking about their work and why why they work at that brand and so on i think you can see especially in business to business this type of communication being really really successful but also in in business to consumer it's not only it's not only a business to business kind of off kind of communication offer i would say then some other things that you can do I think even though you have this, I think still, and I have said this even before we started to get into tough times, it's really about having the focus on the whole consumer journey and the marketing funnel, like in all fairness, you should have already from the start. So that's thinking about how your consumers find your brand, how they develop a a An opinion about your brand, how they move into discovering your products or offer or service and then how they move into buying your product and offer and service and then after they have bought it, how you communicate them with them, how you build loyalty and how you make them um, communicators and brand ambassadors basically of your, of your product. That's the that's the key, and I think the best the best place to look at is if you look at HubSpot, for example, they have their inbound marketing methodology, and I think that one is as relevant as ever, even more relevant now than before. But it has always been like a, a evergreen kind of funnel that works well. Then, if you look a little bit at about the offer, so I think if you look at the product and you you go down the funnel a little bit, I think you really have to be in this type of market you really have to be to the point with what your offer is to the consumer what your product does to the consumer and how it helps them i think there is not really that much um, leverage to play um, more kind of how should i say products that that are not really clear on what their what their product offer is i don't think the leverage is there for consumers to to do to buy those products anymore Um, also i think it's a question of value and with value i don't really mean Price. There's many ways you can affect the product value in in digital and in e-commerce, using bundles, using uh, loyalty, and so on. But I think consumers want to feel like they get a deal, especially since you have to sometimes increase prices towards consumers. They still have to feel that, well, this is either supported by content, that the content you have connected to the product is really, really good, or that there is actually something like an extra gift or a freebie or something that actually adds to the value of the product I think I, I think you can see that in many cases if you're actually going online and buying things or in stores as well that there is like a lot of different offers going on and it's also when you're for example leaving your email address and so on I've seen several retailers that give you extra, discount, extra credit and so on. So I think consumers are conscious about that right now especially since uh, they're feeling that money is becoming tighter and tighter. Another thing I think companies should look into is to really look at what they have. So it's easy to always think about what we should have but if you look at what you have you will see that many companies have a lot of nice assets, nice websites, old campaigns and those kind of things that can be repurposed and this is something I think is important in a recession as well, that not everything has to be created anew. Uh, some of it can actually be repurposed, re- remodeled a little bit, changed a little bit of CTAs using the same assets, using the same campaigns, using the same platforms, and it's still as effective. So I think that's also something to, to look into. Then, of course, it's the whole operational effectiveness part. Uh, if you look into to e-commerce specifically, you can see that there is a lot of effective measures going on in the area a lot of retailers and so on are optimizing their operations And I mean even me for my small company I could find a lot of areas where it's possible to optimize and, and save money so I'm pretty sure that most companies have just through optimization have a chance of actually saving money and becoming more efficient yeah I think that's some of the ideas that I have for marketing in a recession. I think the last one that is maybe the most important one is really looking into how you can upskill your employees. So I think if you have a team but maybe they are not that savvy in digital or they need to be more savvy and so on, I think that's where you start. You need to upskill your current employees more. I think that's where you can really, really build a lot of good progress because It's not so easy to hire, even though there's a lot of jobs and a lot of applicants. No, not a lot of jobs, a lot of applicants. Uh, It's not sure that companies have the budgets anymore to hire. So then the question is more of upskilling existing resources and investing in that, or maybe even investing in in mentoring some employees, that kind of thing. Uh, Another um, another tip for marketing in a recession is really looking into what the most effective marketing. Uh, strategies are in terms of sales like investing in those channels that are close to the final sale Uh, so for example this would mean that you would not buy google ppc maybe you would buy use that to buy amazon ppc instead if you're into performance marketing uh, and are trying to kind of offset supply and demand keeping in mind what we said about airbnb and building brands long term Um, so that kind of thing it means that you would uh, probably activate closer to where consumers actually make the purchase which I think makes sense especially in the short to kind of ride out the short term problems a company could have so yeah that's some um, some tips for your marketing in a recession and i appreciate you listening to this podcast and uh, there will be many more episodes ahead so stay tuned and i hope to that you will listen to me once again thank you very much bye